Season 2, Episode 16 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, brought to you by Mugshots Grill and Bar, Katie Cake and Company, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, Heron Ford, and Picayune Physical Therapy Center. On this episode, we wrap up high school football championship results from this past weekend and look forward to college football bowl season. Should be fun. Welcome to another episode of Talking Ball, y'all. This is our final episode of season two. I'm Clay Sweet, Jeff Lassette sitting across from me, and uh, what a great season this has been for the podcast. We appreciate, of course, our sponsors and you as listeners and the state championships were uh, last weekend there in Hattiesburg, and we'll recap those in just a moment here, and then we'll talk uh, some college football bowl games. But just to kind of give you as a listener and a follower of the program uh, a lay of the land, what our plan is, we're going to take a break uh, to the new year. We'll come back in January, that first week of January. We'll finish up talking about uh, football, both uh, professional and college then, of course, we will dive heavy into basketball and baseball. We'll cover uh, high school uh, heavy. And then we will also, of course, have ties with Pearl River Community College, what's happening on the community college level for both basketball and baseball. And we will do that on the professional level as well. So I look forward to an exciting season three. And um, that will be a lot of fun. But to wrap up, season two let's put a bow on the high school football season and also as i've said talk college football and then we will get perspective from jake wimberly jake a friend of the podcast a fellow a radio broadcaster as he is the voice of the brandon bulldogs he also uh called some radio action this past weekend for the state championship so he will be able to add a special perspective on the high school action that we saw and then also we'll ask him about some of these bowl games as well so Jeff let's get started man yep and let's start with the game that happened uh Friday night uh the last game of the night was Sitze uh state championship and and play that was a game that we were able to stand on the field and watch uh that action as that place uh was electric uh the atmosphere was uh, tremendous from the Oak Grove Warriors, which was about six miles away, eight miles away from uh, the stadium. But uh, Oak Grove fell short in the 6A state championship. Horn Lake, uh, a tough Horn Lake team, defeated Oak Grove 31 to 27. But it wasn't. It was all. Uh, it was a uh, all it was taught up to be that ball game Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. Division one talent all over the field in that 6A final. Horn Lake wins their first title in uh, the history of the school there. And that front seven for Horn Lake was all the talk coming into the ball game. They certainly uh, lived up uh, to that billing. Dean, their linebacker, all-world linebacker, can go wherever he wants to uh, to school. He was exactly what he was described to be. And then, of course, they put him in offensively. If it was a third and short or a fourth and short where they – uh, needed yardage they put him back in the wildcat formation just a phenomenal athlete Plumley throws for nearly 350 yards uh, did everything that he could do right up to the end uh, just couldn't 
uh, finish it against a very talented, uh, as we've described, Horn Lake club. Jones, the quarterback for Horn Lake, he was impressive in his own right. Both of those guys went back and forth a really good high school football game, and I think it represented our state at our highest level, 6A, in a really good way. Just a phenomenal game. Horn Lake wins that one 31 to. Uh, 27. Yeah, and both teams, as I mentioned, brought crowds of people uh, there. When when Oak Grove did something uh, great, of course, that visitor side erupted in Horn Lake as well. So it was good to see the atmosphere right there in the rock as we were all downfield level watching that game. Yeah, a lot of fun had there on Friday night by everybody got their money's worth of that one. Yep, and the 5A state championship game, it capped it off on Saturday night, um, the second day of the uh, state championship games. Wes Jones uh, come up a little short against West Point. West Point, a tough team out the north coming in. Everybody around the state was talking about West Point uh, coming in. And then Wes Jones had some, uh, had some you know, great games during the playoffs, defeated Hattiesburg, and then come down and defeated Picayune to make it to that state championship game. But came up short 27-12 to 12 against West Point. Yep, and uh, the crowd that we saw on Friday night, maybe were surpassed there on Saturday night. From the pictures I saw, Wes Jones, uh, an incredible uh, showing of support from their crowd. Um, as you said, weren't we able to beat West Point. West Point, their 10th title uh, puts them, I believe, second only behind South Panola for titles. Uh, their 10th, their third in a row there for West Point on the 5A level. Says all that needs to be said about that program. Uh, just an incredible run that they are on. Really played dominant football. To win three in a row in 5A uh, says a ton about West Point. Their 10th title there at school history as they were able to defeat West Jones. And three in a row, as you just mentioned, is going to lead me right into the 4A state championship game Poplarville Hornets go into this state championship playing in three south state championship games in a row uh defeated east central this year uh got defeated by east central last year but then played in you know two years ago three years ago played in the south state game uh, south state championship game once again so they made it to the state championship game two out of the last three years playing a tough Louisville team who has just been dominating folks throughout the year and throughout the playoffs, putting up big numbers. This ball game, Clay, we had the fort- we were fortunate enough to call it on uh, uh, the radio station that we, we cover the Popperville Hornets all year. And Popperville had this game, was leading the game for three quarters of the ball game, and but come up just short there in the fourth quarter and lose to a tough Louisville team 25-20. to yeah, we'll probably camp out a little bit longer here than we have the other ball games, as you said. Uh, Popperville, the club that we follow all year, kind of a part of that program now. Is it's our third year uh, to be fortunate enough to be a part of Popperville football, and really, I, the only way I can describe it is a heartbreaker. Got out to a fourteen to zero lead, as you described. Led, uh, I think the first time Louisville led in a ball game was with like eight minutes left in the ball game um some tough things happened there in the second half the junior tailback who was just phenomenal uh chase shears had to come out of the ball game early suffered uh from cramps wasn't able to play really the majority of that ball game when he was in he averaged about six and a half yards a carry still ended 
the ball game up near the 90-yard mark, did chase years, but just wasn't able to carry the football, wasn't able to play a whole lot. I believe he did that on just nine uh, carries. The star for Popperville, the senior wingback Tyson Holston, had uh, three three touchdowns, had all of Popperville's scores there, uh, had a tough break, and Antonio Barnes, the senior quarterback, really the, the leader of this club, He's a great quarterback and has played uh, a ton of snaps, started starting, I believe, the fourth game of his ninth grade career. So that tells you all you need to know. Led his team to two South State championships in that run. They put him in at defensive back, and that's probably where he will play at the next level. And he showed out doing that, but in the process took a shoulder injury that – he couldn't throw the football. He was tried to gut it out, tried to play as much as he could, but was unable to really kind of feel his arm to throw the football. Blaze Brearwood, the backup quarterback, the junior, came in, uh, was able to lead his team down to score a touchdown, a drive that he was in. But in Antonio, uh, Barnes kept – fighting his way back into the game so really there were some events there where if you could have scripted a worse second half you would have had a hard time doing so uh, for Popperville and all that being said they had the football with about three minutes left uh, trying to drive to to win the ball game and and credit Louisville they come over uh, strip strip the football and uh that's a good team across the way. I want to tip your hat to Louisville. They certainly deserve that state championship on the 4A level. They're now 9-0 and in state championship uh, ball game. Send uh, MC Miller out his final year there as a, uh, as a winner. But uh, Jeff is trying to – process it it's tuesday and that ball game was on a saturday morning it's still kind of uh even as a broadcaster just trying to process process that uh, i can't imagine the staff and the kids for popperville have poured so much into that um just a tough one just a very tough loss there for popperville yep and i think popperville grady uh graduating 20 something seniors i think it was 24 something up in that number graduating seniors that are going to leave that program. And you mentioned some kids. You mentioned Chase Shears. You mentioned Blaze Brearwood uh, coming in. But that junior class coming up for Popperville, the, the the future's bright for Popperville. Of course, it was a disappointment going uh, through this season, you know, with your only loss against pick, a tough picking team that you played game one. But then going over for Hornet Bowl two for the South State, beating East Central, getting to this ball game. Of course, it was heartbreaker. You could have seen it on the field. You see it in the players and the coaches after the game. Things that uh, – you know things that were said and mentioned. You could just see the the reaction from them after the ball game. But Coach Jay Beach and his coaching staff are, you know, it's used Tuesday, like you said, and they're getting over this win. Uh, no days off, you know, for Coach Beach and his staff. They're going to take a little time with the holidays coming up. School going to get out, but they're going to start retooling this thing. Spring's right around the corner. And this junior team coming back up with some sophomores that's going to be juniors next year, that ninth grade class they've got coming up into the 10th grade, this Popperville team is going to be around for uh, for quite a little while. Yeah, I think they've proven, you know, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, 4A, especially South, when you've won uh, two of the last three South State champions, the one that didn't uh, win, they're actually moving up to 5A. So I don't think there's any doubt Popperville is the cream of the crop, 4A South. Um, 
I, I just wanted to tip my cap to that senior class, the Coach Beach. Coach Beach uh, just finished his fifth season there, and his staff, uh, Coach Jay Beach, 55 and 13 now, and just uh, his five years there as a head coach at Popperville, that staff, the access that they give us. And, and another thing, Jeff, you know, I've been going uh, to the Rock and watching games. My son's eight since before uh, I look at him when we roll into that place. I can remember my dad and family uh, bringing me when I was smaller than that. And so many a Saturday afternoon I've sat in that place and done play-by-play -play around people and drove them nuts. Uh, when I was even a kid and so have a chance to call a ball game from that venue was certainly special for me I know it was uh, for you or USM guys to be uh, in that Ace Cleveland press box and to be able to call a ball game and none of that's possible really without uh, that group of players that staff the support uh, from WRJW and the sponsors there so uh, just a special thank you to everybody involved for making really a cool memory uh, for you, I, and Jason Baker, it was just a, a great day and a great high school football game. Uh, just a lot of fun. But you have to, at the end of the day, give credit right. to Louisville, a, a very worthy opponent and a worthy 4A state champion. Yeah, and before we give the 3A, talk about getting to 3 I'd like to send just a, a thank you to Rick Cleveland, who joined us on the halftime show for the, for the radio broadcast. Great writer. Of course, he's a friend of the podcast, too, but – Great writer and just great aspect from him. And also like to thank uh, John Cox, who is the voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We got up there Friday night uh, to try to find out where we're going to set up. And, man, just extended a, a hospitality hand and asked if we need anything. Checked on us Saturday after we got set up. So just a great atmosphere and everything right there around the rock. Yeah, a lot of fun, and that's if you haven't been to one of these and you can sneak off to one of these state champions, regardless of where it's being hosted, go see it. It's a spectacle. Uh, great teams from our state uh, file in there to play. The atmosphere was great, so I, I echo everything you've said there, Jeff. Now, going on ahead uh, with this uh, the state championship games, 3A, uh, the Seminary and Water Valley. It was a game that we uh, kind of – Caught glimpses of and caught some scores and plays listening to it on the radio. But Seminary uh, comes up short there, 28-34 to 34 against Water Valley. So, tough ball game for Seminary as they had to kind of fight their way through the playoffs too. They had some uh, – of course, they, they won the, every game in the playoff to get to the state championship. But uh, kind of a rocky, uh, rocky road going through uh, the season and the playoffs. Uh, but Seminary comes up just a little short, 34-28 against Water Valley. Yeah, Seminary and Coach Riles and his club uh, scored 16 unanswered there in the fourth quarter. And just, you know, you hear it said, it's true in this case, they just ran out of time, Jeff. They were storming back in that ball game and was certainly pulling uh, for Seminary as a, as a team from the south. We had had Coach Riles on the prior week previewing uh, that ball game, but just truly ran out of time in that one. Yep, 2A state championship, Taylorsville. Uh, Scott Central comes, you know, and defeats Taylorsville 21-7. to uh, So, Taylorsville makes it to the uh, state championship as a 2A club, but comes up short 21-7 to against Scott Central. 
Yeah, and everybody knew going into the ball game, uh, Mr. Football for 2A, the quarterback for Taylorville, Ty Keys, wasn't going to be able to go. And so Coach Evans had to start his son, a ninth grader, at quarterback in a 2A state championship ball game, getting his first start as a ninth grader in a state title game. I can't even imagine uh, the nerves, but the kid's got good size, good athletic ability, and was really able to keep his – uh, team in a ball game most of the day. Scott Central just proved to be too much. Yeah, and that was a game we were listening to actually on the way back, uh, Taylorsville and Scott Central, as they played the 3 o'clock game on Saturday. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the quarterback's the one that scored the touchdown in the first quarter on a run and play. So uh, we got to talk to uh, the Taylorsville you know, head coach last week talking about these games. So he's going to be a, uh, he's gonna be something to, to deal with in 2A if he keeps going like he's going, that ninth grader. Yep, him and Keys, and just one, I know it's Tuesday. Uh, Keys is actually having surgery on that ankle as we speak, so uh, prayers up for Ty Keys there. And him and Evans, that will be a brutal combination for Taylorsville. Like, they need any help. They've been dominant uh, for quite a while now anyway. Yep, and then the 1A uh, matchup for the state championship is Simmons and Nanawaya Simmons. Uh, comes up short in that one, 21 to 18. Is not a why beats uh, Simmons, uh, Hollandale Simmons, as as it is listed. It, I just call them Simmons, but I mean they're right there in Hollandale. So, uh, 21 18, not a why. Uh, defeats the Simmons Blue Devils. And that ended uh, the longest winning streak in the nation. Simmons came into that one with a 54-game winning streak. So that was uh, big news in 1A football. And you look at these games, a lot of these games were decided with the last possession. This was a weekend full of really tight ball games. People will say, well, the North dominated. Well, the North won the majority of the games, yes. They won and went 5-1. and won. But to say they dominated, I don't think Louisville is going to walk away from Popperville and say we dominated that football game. Horn Lake didn't walk away from Oak Grove and say we dominated. Water Valley running out of there when Seminary had put – uh, 16 points unanswered in the fourth. It ain't going to say we dominated. My point is, these were a lot of close ball games. That's pretty simple to, uh, pretty simple minded to say the North is so far ahead of the South and they dominated these state championships. If you were there locked in and paid attention, these were some great battles right to the end. So I thought it was a really good display of football, a lot of clean, well-played football through all of these games. And so proud to be uh, here in this state and for the way 6 through 1A competed this weekend. Yep, I, I echo that. It's It was really uh, well-played football from all the schools, uh, hard-nosed football. There was some hard hitting going on out there. Like I said, we were on the field uh, for that 6A game and uh, – when I was back in high school, some of them they didn't have kids like that in certain uh, at certain areas and certain teams. I mean, there were some big youngins out there. Of course, it was the Sitze, uh State Championship game, but it's just a great atmosphere. We have the pleasure of calling two of these now uh, for Popperville in state championship games. One was at Mississippi State, and this one this past weekend at the Rock there in Hattiesburg, and just uh, tremendous, tremendous athletes and tremendous talent when you meet 
sits from the north and then sits from the south. Yeah, and I'll say this about the host spot, the Rock. The south, with the proximity of some of these teams, was phenomenal. The support we saw uh, from Oak Grove, which we've already mentioned, West Jones, the way Popperville traveled, was just a great display of communities getting behind their team. So that was neat, man. That was really cool uh, to see the south school show up there at the Rock. Yeah, and it was, just like you said, with the proximity of it. And and I think it's going to be at the Rock again next year, and then uh, they're going to decide what they're going to do, if they're going to rotate it around or, or see where they're going to move the venue. So the Rock has one more year to host it uh, next year. So well, let's see if we can get these uh, the South teams in it again uh, for the 2018-19 season. Yep, and now we'll get a chance to hear from Jake Wimberly, a guy that had uh, the call, the radio call of some of these ball games, and we'll give a neat perspective to exactly what he saw this past weekend. We're fortunate enough uh, this evening to be joined on the podcast by Jake Wimberly, host of Afternoon Drive, ESPN Radio 105.9, and Jackson, and also uh, a fellow broadcaster, voice of the brand and Bulldogs. And Jake, uh, we appreciate you uh, joining us on the podcast. Man, appreciate you having me. Always good to visit with you guys. And uh, Jake, we we wrapping up um, this high school football season with the state championships that were held at the Rock. Uh, Clay and I and Jason were fortunate enough to be up there to call the Poplarville game, but we we'll always like to go up the night before and uh, see some talent on the field. Uh, of course, the Oak Grove Horn late game, you know, there was all kind of talent and scouts out there. Just from your whole perspective of the weekend, all six games, what did you what did you see from um, the talent or what did you see from the athletes on, on the field of play there at uh, Southern Miss? About what we figured we would see, which is really, really good football. Uh, it's been a good football season for the state of Mississippi, regardless of classification, 1A all the way through 6A, MAIS, and everywhere in between. It's been a really good year. Uh, we figured that it was, you know, when you look at recruiting rankings and, you know, go by 247 sports, you can use rivals if you want to, but regardless of whatever outlets you use, this is the most talented senior class that we've seen come through the state of Mississippi in, in quite some time, maybe ever. And that kind of culminated this weekend with, with several guys like John Rice Plumley at Oak Grove and Nicobe Dean at, a, you know, at, at Horn Lake. And then, of course, you can go all the way down to, you know, 4A level, some defensive linemen there that are, are committed to Mississippi State. And then, uh, you know, down to the Hollandale Simmons, they, they seem to put one or two guys uh, on power five rosters every year. So a lot of good talent and not just senior talent, but a lot of good young talent, too. Um, the You know, the state of Mississippi, and I've said this before, and I, I, I truly believe this, the coaching is as good as it's ever been. At the high school level, it's only getting better. Uh, programs have figured out how to do this. And what I mean is just to, you know, start it in your feeder programs, keep everybody on the same accord from, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, um, all the way into their high school programs. And, and you're seeing this now with fantastic football. That's why, you know, when we talk about it on Friday Night Under the Lights or whatever outlet we talk about it on, it, you know, it seems like 6A is wide open or 4A is wide open. Well, we really mean that because the football is really that good. And I think we saw that again this weekend uh, in Hattiesburg. It was, it was a great two days, great six games, and, uh, you know, like I said, it, it really just kind of showcased the talent that the state really does have. You know, and Jake, we were, uh, you know, Clay and I covered the the Poplarville Hornets for WRJW, and we were talking a little bit 
uh, before me and you actually come uh, live about some games that you had covered. And one in particular, you said you covered the Popperville game. Uh, for our Popperville fans, what did you see uh, out of Popperville? Popperville faced a very tough Louisville team and was in the ball game and kind of controlled the ball game uh, for three quarters of it. Uh, what did you see, like I said, speaking to our Popperville fans, from that Popperville senior class who's played in two of the past three state championships? Oh, I, I think that's a phenomenal program. You know, I think Coach Beach has done a, a phenomenal job with that program. And, again, getting everybody to buy in, not just from the, the players and the coaches, but the fans and the Booster Club and, and everybody in between. They've, I mean, that's a really good program. And, you know, that, that program is not not done. I mean, they'll be back, uh, and, you know, on this stage again. Will it be next year or two years or three years? We'll see. You never know how, uh, you know, other senior classes are going to respond, not just to Popperville, but anywhere around the state. I mean, you, you take Pearl – for instance, they lost all the seniors they had off last year's state championship team, and nobody expected them to do anything. And then there they were, uh, you know, right there at the end to, to play for a region title. And, and of course, uh, was literally one play away from advancing to South State. So you never know what teams are going to do, the, you know, from one year to the next. But probably a very good football team, um, and, and you know, very highly highly coached, well coached. They just ran into a team that, uh, you know, in Louisville, that uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of speed, and uh, you know, Randall Montgomery, who's a friend of mine, just one of the better better minds in Mississippi high school football found some things that worked for them and it just uh, happened to pay off for me in the second half yeah and you know we have we've looked around uh if you watch all sits of these games like I said we were fortunate to be up there Friday night to watch Horn Lake and Oak Grove and then of course Poplarville played the 11 o'clock on Saturday um a great presence from the south team of course the games were at the rock uh, it's Sits what six miles from Oak Grove, and then Popperville, uh, you know, made a, a show, and a West Jones brought a huge crowd. Uh, so, what was what's your thoughts about next year? I think it is at the Rock as well. Uh, but what are your thoughts, or maybe what do you believe that the state will do? Is it going to go back into a rotation, or, or what? What's what are some things that you think the state might look at uh, after next year, where these state championship games will be will be held? Well, first off, let me say this. I don't think it will ever come back to Jackson. Um, I may be wrong, but I don't believe that Jackson will ever host the state championships again just because uh, I think the pricing was too high, the bids were too high, and then you look out at that facility um, at the vet. I mean, who knows how much longer that facility is even going to be there. Uh, the press box, uh, if you guys have been in that thing, it's, it's way outdated. The, you know, everything there is just outdated. And, look, that's nobody's fault. That's right. just that's just the nature of the beast if you go back and watch um, John Wiener and the Bash Brothers uh, documentary that they did this, this year, courtesy of Ceasefire, on uh, give them a free blood on the vet. I mean, it's so many years it's been there, it's just kind of lost its luster. So I think that what we've seen over the course of the last five years and next year will be six is the university experience is the, is the way to go with this thing because the, the universities can, dole, you know, can roll out so much more than just, say, Metro Jackson can or, you know, if you go into Meridian or just pick a, pick a city that has just a stadium. The universities can roll out so much more with, with their suites and club levels to bring coaches in, and it's almost like a coach's clinic all over again. Um, the kids get the you know opportunity to have a college experience. Some of them may never play college football, but it gives them an opportunity to do that. And it's somewhat of a recruiting tool for the university that's, that's uh, you know, able to use that, which is, is good for those. And, look, this is going on in the state of Alabama. This is going on uh, in the state of Georgia and everywhere else. So, it just makes sense to keep it in the university's uh, backyard, so to speak. And I think what you'll probably see is a bidding process. All three universities will, again, um, you know, get 
uh, you know, a certain amount of rights to the games. Will it be two at Ole Miss and three at Southern Miss and one at Mississippi State or pick a, pick a number and throw it on a university? We, you know, that all depends on the bidding process and bidding wars. But I think you'll see it stay at the universities. I think the people love it. Um, I've probably, like you guys, been at just about every one of these at the right. universities. And I've seen no decline in attendance. As a matter of fact, I think I've seen an uptick in attendance. And I don't think it matters that it goes south or north because both, you know, both geographic locations are going to kind of get their time to to travel lightly, as we saw with the southern portion of the state this past week and next year. And the north will, too. It'll, it'll flip back. But I think it definitely stays at the universities. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think that's where it'll be. Right. And I, I, I think that's the route they're going to uh, to go as well. I know we have talked about uh, talked about that a little bit in the past. Jake, is, as we're putting a bow, so to speak, on this uh, 2018 football season, I, I know you're the voice of the Brandon Bulldogs. So just your overall thoughts uh, on this whole football season ending up uh, this past weekend at The Rock. I know that's a, a broad question with just a short amount of time to talk, but as you witnessed these uh, these championship games this past weekend, just your, I guess, your final, your final thoughts here on, on the podcast uh, to put a bow, so to speak, on, on this season. Well, it always gets, it always takes forever to get here, and then it's, it's gone and a hiccup just about it, it seems like. And, you know, it was a great year. It was a fun year. Uh, hey, at Brandon, we had a great year. We didn't uh, finish finish the deal. But, hey, as you guys know, it's so hard to close. Right. Uh, you know, and I tell fans this all the time, regardless of, you know, they'll be aggravated about this team or that team. And it's, man, it's just it's so hard for these, you know, one play here, one penalty there. Um, you know, it could change the course of an entire ball game. And, you know, at Brandon, we had a really good year, 13-2. and two. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that would love to be 13-2. and two. Um, But overall, for the state, I, I thought it was another great year of high school football. Uh, again, the coverage that, that is out there for these kids is amazing from, you know, what you guys are doing on the coast and what Kerry does all the way to what we're doing here. And then, of course, uh, you know, Chris Brooks with Mississippi Gridiron, John Luke McCord, and, and those guys at SCS Mississippi. I mean, we cover high school football as a state probably better than anybody in the country. Uh, these kids get a ton of coverage. Uh, and, and the quality of the product is extremely well. You're not going to go anywhere in the country and get better high school football than what we have right here. And if you don't believe it, just ask some of these guys and girls that come here to work for local papers and local media groups that are not from here, and they're, they're blown away. They're blown away um, with the state and the way the support um, from the communities, regardless of classification, to the teams, the coaches, the passion. Um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the country, and I mean this, than Mississippi covering football because – it is a football state, um, and while we don't have, you know, the Alabamas or the Auburns or Ohio States in the state, what we do have is, you know, we live in the SEC footprint, which means we are inside, you know, the football bubble, so to speak, and nobody does it better than this state, and we did it again this year. Yep, I uh, I echo them thoughts and well said. And, uh, Jake, would just uh, like to say thank you for joining us uh, uh, on the podcast uh, this evening and also uh, – as we had talked to you before through uh, through this football season, and we'll be uh, looking forward to talking to you down the road. Appreciate it, Jake. Hey, man, anytime. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Now let's look, Jeff, at the bowl season. Uh, we, we described that this is going to be our last episode till we pick back up in January. So some of these bowls, of course, are going to take place while we're on break, if you will. But let's look ahead and see what college football has laid out in front, especially some of the local stuff to here and then uh, the bigger bowl games, if you will. Yeah, uh, local uh, when we say local colleges, we're talking statewide and within, you know, Louisiana right here where we're broadcasting out of Picayune, Mississippi. But 
Mississippi State finishes 18th in the nation as far as the uh, the rankings in the top 25, and they will play Iowa, the Hawkeyes of Iowa, at the Outback Bowl, and that will be January the 1st, a New Year's Day uh, bowl, so to speak, because it is on New Year's Day. But the Outback Bowl, Tuesday, January the 1st, 11 o'clock kick on ESPN2. So Mississippi State plays Iowa. And Mississippi State, no stranger to this ball game. They know their way over to Tampa uh, State, a four-point uh, early favorite in this ball game. So we'll see. State comes into it playing a really good football off of a, a pretty good beatdown of their rival of Ole Miss and have played – Good football. We expected that. This was a team for, for State that came in with expectations of maybe only a two-loss season. So, uh, had more than that. Didn't finish exactly where they wanted to. But this is one of the better defenses, if not the best defense right. in the country in State. And that's a mouthful, but it's true. When you look up the numbers and look how many defensive touchdowns the State uh, defense has allowed – they are right there as being the best defense in the in the nation. So that will be an interesting matchup. I look for State to win that ball game. Yep, and another matchup that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, not really a fan, so to speak, of either team, but number L, number eleven LSU and number eight UCF. UCF has been since last year talking about the disrespect they get from the committee. Uh, went undefeated last year just demolished Auburn in the bowl game last year. Undefeated this year, but they get their shot again, uh, Clay, at another SEC team in a bowl game. They're trying to get respect and gain respect from the committee, but LSU and UCF plays on January the 1st in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl at 12 o'clock. That's a 12 o'clock kick ESPN. So UCF trying to gain that respect that, that they want. Uh, I'm not sure if they want Alabama like they're chanting we want Alabama, uh, but they get their shot at another SEC team in a bowl game. Yeah, we'll get their shot there, Jeff, and, and trying to, as you've kind of laid out there, prove that they're uh, worthy of these type of matchups. But they're going to have to do it without their quarterback who suffered as nasty uh, injury as that you will see. So I'm not even sure. I mean, they're they're in this ball game, and I think they deserve to be there, but they're going to be without their leader and their playmaker at quarterback, which certainly takes a lot uh, away from them. So they're not going to be near for, full force against LSU. So I think that kind of takes away some of it, but it will be a very interesting matchup. And you can bet if they compete – uh, with LSU without uh, Milton McKenzie, that that will definitely even open more eyes as LSU's an early 10-point favorite. Yep, and another uh, a team a little closer uh, to us, Tulane is uh, going bowling. Tulane uh, will face the Louisiana Raging Cages uh, in the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. That is going to be December 15th, Saturday. It's a 12:30 kick on CBS uh, Sports Network. So Tulane uh, goes bowling. So that's the really ones that's kind of – Right here, close to us, Ole Miss, of course, no, not bowling this year. And then Southern didn't get a bowl this year. Unbelievable. Sits and five or sits and – yeah, sits and five on the season. Had a game canceled due to a hurricane. Uh, one game above 500 but got left out of the bowl again. So, uh, 
that's just the ones that's uh, close around this area that's going to be bowling. Yeah, and the one, as you mentioned there, uh, Southern Miss not getting – got bowl eligible, which was many bowls as they are now. Right. Once you get bowl eligible, you kind of think it's automatic. Uh, well, in the case of Southern Miss – and and their tie-ins with Conference USA, and that's a separate podcast episode in itself. Uh, some of the the weak spots and woes of being in Conference USA, and then the game that didn't get made up, the open date that was caused by a hurricane earlier in the year, the decision by the leadership uh, not to try to to fill that void in the schedule, which the leadership's no longer there. You know, Gilbert, the AD, has taken a new job over at East Carolina over the weekend. So that was actually announced the same day we found out we got left out of a bowl and, and an erotic uh, twist uh, that is. So uh, not good news there for Southern Miss Faithful as you get bowl eligible, but then uh, you're left out. Yep. And then just to – Go across the uh, college football semifinal games, uh, the Cotton Bowl, uh, number three, Notre Dame, and number two, Clemson. That is uh, December the 29th at 3 o'clock, ESPN. Uh, that's a, the first semifinal game is the Cotton Bowl, and then that night will cap off the second college football semifinal game. It'll be the Orange Bowl, uh, number four, Oklahoma, and number one, Alabama. Uh, December the 29th at 7 o'clock on ESPN. So there's your two college football uh, playoff semifinal games to see who's going to play for the national championship. And when you look at it, Jeff, uh, I mean, I know this is the – I think these are the right four, which makes me kind of sick because Notre Dame, I I always look at what they do schedule-wise and some different things and – I see Clemson an 11-point favorite. Alabama's a 14-point favorite. I guess what I'm getting at is this bowl system is weird and this playoff system, I think they've got it right with these top four. But to me, there's not a lot of intrigue in what Alabama and Oklahoma are going to do or Clemson and Notre Dame. You see these wide spreads uh, on these games. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe open it up to eight uh, teams that could get in. But – when you look at it, Alabama, how dominant have they been when the ones play in the four and they're a two-touchdown favorite? And then Clemson, when you hear people say, well, maybe the one team that does stand a chance to beat Alabama is Clemson and they're 11-point favorite over Notre Dame. Just to go back to Alabama's SEC championship, what a turn of events. Jalen Hurts gets a chance to come in and uh, make a play make a drive to beat Georgia on the exact same field against the exact same team where Saban decided to replace him. Uh, just a cool story. I'm not an Alabama fan by no means, but if you're not a Jalen Hurts fan, I, I don't know how I can help you. That young man has handled uh, everything that's happened to him there at Bama with such class and dignity. Uh, had to be, if you're a sports fan and you pull for good people, and that didn't make you smile a little bit or a little warm inside to see what Hurts was able to pull off. Like I said, I don't know that I can help you. Yep, and then I think the Sugar Bowl is going to be Texas and Georgia uh, playing in the All-State uh, Sugar Bowl, and then the Rose Bowl, Ohio State and Washington. Uh, so Ohio State just announced today Urban Myers is going to retire 
from Ohio State after the Rose Bowl. They already putting in the uh, the offensive coordinator in as the head coach. He said he's retiring from football. We'll see what happens later on in the in the the weeks and months to come with Urban Myers. But that's going to be uh, your other two big bowl games. Texas and Georgia should be a good matchup in the Sugar Bowl, and then Ohio State and Washington in the in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Last time Urban Meyer uh, quit, you know, it took him just a little bit. Right get rested up and then a, a better job so to speak came along and he jumped back at it uh, we'll just have to wait and see as you said what happens with him and see if it's not just a short period of time and maybe he's at usc or somewhere like that <laughs> down the road so we'll see how that will play out and once again we'll take a little break we'll pick back up in the new year in 2019 with season three we just wanted to say one more time we appreciate your support and appreciate your listenership pick back up with us in january thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode brought to you by mugshots katie cake company pearl river community college bank plus advantage insurance company herring ford and picayune physical therapy center Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.